0: Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. How's going, Giants fans? Welcome back to Fireside Giants with your boys, Alex and Anthony. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day, fantastic start to your week. we got the Super Bowl coming up, a lot of exciting stuff, and of course, a lot of speculation regarding the New York football Giants, what they're going to do with Daniel Jones, what they're going to do with Saquon Barkley. Of course, kind of we have to just wait and find out. As Bob Papa told us on our last podcast, really great interview. If you haven't seen that, go check it out. It was really, really fun, and hopefully we'll have him on again very soon. And he kind of said a really good point. He made a really good point saying that, it's not our money, and we're just guessing at this point in time. And if they want a player, they're going to make the money. They're going to find ways to make money, uh, work around this uh, you know, salary situation, and they'll sign Saquon. They'll sign Daniel Jones. They'll get it done. Uh, but it's really just a waiting game at this point in time. Now, a little bit different kind of narrative going on is with our coordinators, right? Offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale. They're both interviewing for vacant head coaching jobs. Wink has been interviewing for a very long time. This is Mike Kafka's first round uh, doing so after just a year as an offensive coordinator. He's actually in the third uh, round. He's in the finalist kind of category with the Arizona Cardinals. Wink also getting a multiple inter- interviews with I think the Houston Texans as well. So there's a real possibility. We lose both of our, co- our coordinators this offseason, which would be devastating. Now, Kind of got to discuss that, kind of discuss kind of what happens if we do lose any of those two guys um, and the implications it has on this Giants team. But, Anthony, before we dive into it, how you do today, my friend?
1: I'm doing great, but I can't lie, I'm starting to get a little bit worried about Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale potentially leaving. I know that we discussed this a couple weeks ago. We said, nah, I don't think Kafka's realistically going to leave. Only one year as an offensive coordinator. Who's going to hire him as a head coach? Well, now with the Cardinals, he's in the final round of interviews, and Wink Martindale as well is pretty deep in the interview process with the Indianapolis Colts. So, Both of these guys look like they're at risk of being hired by other teams for head coaching jobs, and yes, I'm officially nervous. I'm not slamming the panic button just yet, but I am starting to get a little bit nervous that the Giants might be in the market for a new OC and a new DC this offseason. And another thing, Alex, is the Giants had another assistant coach do an interview recently, and that's quarterbacks coach uh, She-Turned Shea Tierney. He interviewed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for their vacant offensive coordinator position. So... Probably the Giants' top candidate to replace Kafka if he were to leave, Shea Tierney, is already interviewing elsewhere for OC jobs. So then you look at that, and I'm extra nervous. Now, a defensive coordinator, I think that the Giants have a a well of talent on their coaching staff that could likely take over for that defensive coordinator position. But I guess, Alex, I'm curious to know what you think. If the Giants were to lose both their O.C. and D.C. this offseason, do you think that they hire in-house or is Brian Dable going to have to go through the process all over again and find brand new coordinators for his staff?
0: It's a really good question. Um, You know, when it comes to the offensive side, because... He's so – because Mike Kafka is so new, so raw to the kind of the coaching scene, I still don't think he ends up with a, with a head coaching job. I think he comes back for one more year. And if the Giants take a big step forward, then he's gone. Um, that's kind of my personal take. I think Wink Martindale more likely to leave. He's also in the finalist uh, section for the Indianapolis Colts. He's still in the running for that. So, you know, there is a good chance that we lose one of them, if not both. But I still think that there's also a good chance we end up keeping both of them because, you know, Wink's been through the, the – you know head coaching canvas multiple times and it hasn't resulted in him becoming one um so i think maybe the league as we kind of mentioned in the past the league is such an offensively driven uh, kind of entity now that a lot of teams go in the direction of young coordinators, young, uh, open-minded. you know, Mike Havoc comes from the Chiefs. Then he installs his offense mixed in with Brian Dable of the Buffalo Bills. Now he has a ridiculous amount of knowledge and information regarding how to build a really great offense, but that doesn't mean he's going to be a great head coach. Being a head coach is a lot different, right? You're responsible for everybody, not just the offensive side of things. So yes, he may bring over his offensive playbook, but who's to say that he knows how to lead those defensive guys, lead Uh, men into battle like that so um, I I think he is I I, we love all of our coordinators we love all of our coaches there's a reason that there's a lot of interest in them Um, you know I'd be really happy for them if they were to depart but I selfishly want them to stay obviously so you know you said is there any in-house options for this team I'm going to throw out a defensive one that I think could be a real consideration for this Andre Patterson Um, our defensive line coach. You know, he's been kind of stuck as an assistant, as like, you know, a primary position coach for a very long time. He's one of the best defensive line coaches in the game. We saw what he did for, you know... Guys that otherwise shouldn't have been producing at that level, Oshane Ziminez was really good to start the season. Kayvon Thibodeau had a strong rookie year. We didn't have Oshane's, uh, we didn't have um, Aziz Ojolari for much of the season, but when he was on the field, the guy was the best I've ever seen him. Um, You know, he was just collecting sacks at at will. And then you look at the interior guys, Dexter Lawrence, uh, all pro level campaign. One of the best seasons we've seen from an interior defensive lineman for the Giants in probably a decade. And then Leonard Williams, when he's on the field, obviously very productive and consistent. Just had some uh, durability concerns this year, which is an anomaly based on his his past health history but you know Andre Patterson what he did for that defensive line individual talent there I would not be surprised if he got a serious consideration for that for the defensive coordinator job simply because he knows how to coach these guys. Like he knows what makes them great. Now calling plays on the defensive side of things is a little bit more difficult. I don't know if his if his kind of style is similar to Wink Marindale's in, in terms of, you know, putting pressure on, being extremely aggressive. I don't know if that's something that he has. Maybe they want to go with somebody with more experience. Um, but I do gotta get the sense that they would like to stay in house. I think Brian Dibble trusts these coaches. They have Wink Martindale's entire playbook, so they could just maintain it. You know, they could just add wrinkles to it, keep it the same, add more and more uh talented personnel and just ride into the future like that. So I do think there's in house options for the Giants if they do lose Wink Martindale. Um what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I'll throw out another idea. This one came from Art Stapleton, and he threw out the idea on Twitter recently of having two co-defensive coordinators for the New York Giants. Now, in this scenario, he refers to Andre Patterson, who you just mentioned, as the run game defensive coordinator, right? He is the defensive lines coach. He used to do this, actually, with the uh, Minnesota Vikings. He was a co-defensive coordinator there. He was also an assistant head coach over there. He has a really great history coaching teams. And then if you take a look at um, Jerome Henderson. Now, this is the difference maker. Jerome Henderson, Giants defensive backs coach. He's done an excellent job doing a lot with a little in the New York Giants secondary. He could be the pass defense coordinator, right? So you could have basically one guy handling the passing game, one guy handling the running game, working in tandem as the co-defensive coordinators. I actually really like that idea. Now, I, I think that it's a little bit unconventional. Usually you have one guy who's the defensive coordinator, then you have assistant coaches running all these other positions. But for the Giants who are kind of picking up the scraps here, if Wink Martindale were to leave, I don't hate the idea of having a run game defensive coordinator and a passing game defensive coordinator working together as co-defensive coordinators. I think it's a really interesting and forward-thinking idea that makes a lot of sense for the Giants if they were to lose their defensive coordinator at this stage in the offseason because right now, trying to scramble and find one guy to replicate what Wink Martindale did and just take over that role, that's going to be tremendously difficult. But having two guys who worked underneath um, Wink Martindale last season, worked on this staff and helped really develop these players into what they were, take over that defensive coordinator responsibility, that, to me, makes a lot of sense. And I think when you look at both of those guys and the work that they did with the New York Giants this past season, you just mentioned how great Andre Patterson was, but Jerome Henderson has also been excellent for the New York Giants. Maybe both of those guys should take the position together, really take it on, and maybe one of them can really rise and become the full-time defensive coordinator at some point with that new opportunity. So I like that idea from Art Stapleton. I'm curious to know what you think of it, Alex, if you think that this team should go with the the traditional single defensive coordinator, or do you like the idea of having co-defensive coordinators taking on the running and passing game together?
0: That's interesting. Um, I don't know how many teams actually have executed something like that, um, but... A dual kind of scenario that gives, you know, more responsibility and spreads it out could be something the Giants could do. Um, I think that it compensates for a lack of experience as a coordinator. But those two guys are more than capable. You know, you, you mentioned Jerome Henderson, our DB's coach. You know, he's really, really great. And Andre Patterson as well. I think it's more so just kind of boils down to experience and the personality. You know, like you have to have a personality personality that allows you to lead if you're a coordinator, like a leadership-level personality. I don't know if Patterson has that. I don't know if Henderson has that. Um, But I have to imagine the Giants would prefer to stay in-house because they know what they have, right? It's the same concept as, um, you know, you could say – you know, paying and extending your own players instead of signing big free agents. Like, you know what Andre Patterson has, you know, what Jerome Henderson brings to the table. If you bring a new person inside that you may not have entirely like a hundred percent confidence in, or may not know as a person, unless, you know, it's from the Brian table from his history or whatever it might be. Um, it's difficult you know you're, you're kind of letting a, a, a fox in the hen house sometimes and ultimately I kind of get the sense that this Giants team wants to promote from within they want to extend their own guys they want to promote their own guys and I kind of respect that but again they had to build a roster a build a coaching staff from nothing last year you know a lot of those guys wink he had no connections to Brian Dable you know Mike Kafka didn't have any connections to Brian Dable or Joe Shane you know Kansas City uh you know the Ravens and they're just well-known. You know, Wink Mardell's very well-known. People know him. They they respect him. And I think that was an easy, you know, signing for the Giants to be their D.C. And he did a great job given the lack of talent that we had. But, you know, Kafka, on the other hand, young, up-and-coming guy. So here's the thing. Like, it doesn't make much sense to me because you look at what, like, the Dallas Cowboys just did to Kellen Moore. They just ousted Kellen Moore, and he was scooped up by the Chargers in, like, 10 seconds. Like, literally, like, same day, fired him. He's already scooped up. The Dallas Cowboys are in disarray because they don't want to blame Dak Prescott for any of their problems. They want to blame everybody else but Dak Prescott. And they're like 100% standing behind him. And it's absolutely, you love to see it, right? You love to see the Dallas Cowboys just putting blame on things that should not be blamed. Like they should have, they had a really great offense. The scheme was good. Like they ran the football effectively, they got the ball in their receiver's hands. Dak Prescott just threw so many interceptions um, in timely moments. It just did not come up in clutch moments. And that's, you know, Kellen Moore can't play it for him. So, you know, you look at Kellen Moore when he had that first year where they were, they were tossing like four touchdowns a game. He didn't even get the head coach consideration. The fact that Mike Kafka is getting it right now is very interesting to me. I don't think he ends up getting the job because he's too raw onto the scene as an OC. But I think that if the giants come back next year, Daniel Jones takes another step forward and they look really good. He's gone. Like he's as good as gone. So I'll ask you this, Anthony, would you rather keep Mike Kafka, develop this offense a little bit further, and then have him gone in 2024, or would you rather just him go now and then just start developing someone with maybe a
1: a long-term option that isn't going to leave right away? No, I'd rather him stay this upcoming year because I think that if he does stay this upcoming season, right, and he does so well that he's looking at head coaching positions elsewhere and he's like a lock to get one, well, then the Giants can maybe say, okay, let's pay you like a head coach to be an offensive coordinator, give you that assistant head coaching title and keep you around for the long term. Now, I don't know if that's something he would go for because he'd really just want to be the head coach of a team at that point, I'm sure, but... The other argument is, with Mike Kafka staying for another year, that means you get another year of Daniel Jones in this offense. Now, when was the last time Daniel Jones had two solid years in an offense that really knew how to develop him? I mean, he probably hasn't had that since college, playing at Duke, right? So you look at what he's had in the NFL. He had one year with Pat Shermer. Then he got a new coaching staff, and that was Jason Garrett for two years. That offense was terrible. We all know that. That was the worst thing for Daniel Jones. That stunted his development. Now, Mike Kafka, Brian Dable, they combine together. They create an offense that really helps Daniel Jones take that big step, and now we're talking about paying him over $30 million per season, right? So, I want to see that next season out of Daniel Jones with Mike Kafka as his OC. Clearly, there's synergy there between he, uh, Kafka, and Brian Dable, and they're building a good team, and I want to see it continue to develop, because even if Kafka does leave next season, well, at least Daniel Jones has two years under his belt with a good coach and knows what that's like, and maybe has more input for Brian Dable. Maybe he and Brian Dable can just pick up where Kafka left off and just go together, and maybe Dable takes over the OC duties in his third season as head coach. You know, there's just so much more time— that Dable and Daniel Jones will have together uh, with Mike Kafka, and there's so much value to pull from that for Daniel Jones's development, and I think that's really what the key here is. So I don't hope that Kafka leaves now. I don't hope that he leaves then. I hope that he stays with the Giants and continues to build as a tremendous OC for the team. I mean, listen, we've seen that happen before, right? Uh, Josh McDaniels, offensive coordinator for the Patriots for years and years and years, right? He was the the coordinator there. And when teams started to look at him as a head coaching uh, candidate, eventually he took one and then he lost it and came back to the Patriots. But for many years there, he was a prime candidate that just never got the job. And even look at Wink Martindale as a perfect example of that, right? For years and years, he was looked at as a prime head coaching candidate during his time as a defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens, interviewed for many head coaching positions, never got the job and just stuck as a a defensive coordinator right so For Mike Kafka, when you look at the New York Giants, they're going to want to keep Mike Kafka here as the OC and hope that he's just one of those guys that interviews every year for a position, but unfortunately never gets one. Now, again, you mentioned that I hope for these guys and their own personal development, I hope that they get the job. But selfishly, I care more about my New York Giants and I want them to keep their jobs with the Giants because I think that these are two really good coaches that we're talking about in Mike Kafka and Wake Martindale. And again, looking at the development of Daniel Jones, that is arguably the most important thing, the most important factor to success for the New York Giants for the next few years. You need Daniel Jones to continue to improve every year, maybe even begin to establish himself as one of the best top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL and potentially an MVP candidate who goes into the postseason year in and year out and wins games. But the only way to keep up that level of consistency is to continue to have a high level of coaching. And if Mike Kafka is the coach that gets the most out of Daniel Jones, then we need to keep him around for as long as possible so that Daniel Jones can continue to develop and continue to thrive for the New York Giants.
0: Absolutely. And and another thing to know is that, you know, you can pay coaches as much as you want. There's no cap for coaches. So the Giants can say, Hey, like we want to keep you guys. We'll pay you. Let's say if you're Kafka, be like, we'll give you like legitimate money to stay here for guaranteed two years. You know what I mean? Like just sign them to a contract extension. Um Obviously, they probably want to go to the head coaching round. I know Wink Martindale's like, I'm not doing this to get to be a head coach. Like, I'm interviewing and whatnot, but that's not my end goal here. I love New York City. Like, he wants to be in New York and be with this Giants team. Like, he doesn't care about being a head coach, seemingly, but he's not going to stop himself from like trying. I guess. Um, So, I am curious to see how the Giants go about this and what ultimately happens. We're coming down to. Uh, some close races you know they're both finalists and at different spots and the Cardinals and the Colts and you know other teams that are looking so we'll see if they manage to you know escape not being hired I mean for them it would be awesome for us obviously selfishly I'd love for them to stay uh, but wish them the best of luck if they end up leaving but again like you mentioned the growth of Daniel Jones and some of these players we need these coaches here you know like they, they were such impactful guys for a lot of the players on this roster not just Daniel Jones and that's not to say like Brian He is very much a part of that equation. But everybody, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, um, Xavier McKinney, Adoree Jackson stepping up and being really great when he was healthy – there's a lot of different players um, Dexter Lawrence I mean I'm sure they had a big say in that too and uh, not just Andre Patterson on the defensive line so these all all of them contributed heavily so losing them would suck um, but we're gonna find out what happens very soon my friends always happy to hear a perspective below in the YouTube comments make sure to have a fantastic start to your week like and subscribe as always and'll we'll catch you guys on the next fireside Giants episode